Hi, it's Mike Phelan from the Dreamcast Junkyard and the author of the A to Z of Dreamcast Games, which is coming out very soon. And you're listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Hello, welcome back to the Sega Lounge podcast. This week's show is episode 193, and you know what? We're fast approaching episode 200, which is quite frankly, wild. And I'm not even counting the summer series and bonus episodes we've done over the years. So am I doing something to celebrate this milestone? In a word, yes, but I'm not quite ready to share the details just yet. You'll have to wait and see. That being said, now's a good time to let you know that we'll probably be taking a few weeks off here and there between now and October. If all goes well, we'll hit episode 200 sometime in October, and I hope you can join me then. By the way, I might be doing some live streams on weeks when we don't have a new episode, so be sure to follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash the Sega Lounge so you don't miss the notifications when I go live. Alternatively, just keep your eyes on our Twitter, or X, or whatever it's called these days. Now that that's out of the way, it's time to focus our attention on this week's guest. This week, I welcome to the Sega Lounge Mike Fallon, member of the amazing Dreamcast Junkyard crew and collector of Dreamcast games. Mike's here to tell us more about his upcoming guide, The A to Z, or Z of Dreamcast Games, an in-depth and valuable tool to help fellow collectors. But how well does Mike know his Dreamcast music? We also find that out during another musical challenge. Hello Mike, welcome. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Uh, yeah, it's going good, going good. Uh, enjoying uh, talking about the Dreamcast. I'm looking forward to as always, talking about uh, the console at length. Yeah, it's like, it's hard to escape talking about the Dreamcast on this show as well. It's really, really hard. <laughs> Always come back to, comes back to, to the Dreamcast somehow. So <laughs> really yeah, so excited to... Yeah, really excited to, to talk about your, your project. Uh, yeah. But let's start from the very beginning, as we usually do on this show. So how did you get into gaming, Mike? Um, so I got into gaming with a, a small handheld, I think it was Scramble, um, LCD game back in like mid eighties, I suppose. Um, and then I bought a, or well, I got given a, uh, ZX Spectrum. Um, and then I traded my Spectrum when I was about nine, ten, uh, for a mass system. And ever since then, pretty much been a Sega fan. Okay. Um, had a bit of a gap during the Saturn era. Uh, and was a PC gamer mainly, um, but then uh, picked up on Dreamcast straight away, and then uh, since then, just been a Sega fan through and through, really. Okay. I also had a gap during the Saturn era, but 
didn't yeah. move to anything else, just full on break from yeah. games. <laughs> a lot, a lot of us did. I think. I think a lot of people did. It seems like a lot of people had that sort of era. Late nineties um, was a bit of a gap for everyone. So uh, it's, it's. I've I've made up for lost time with um, with Saturn gaming since, mm-hmm. which is uh, another favorite of my consoles. But um, yeah, at the time it was it was more PC gaming, which was really lucky for me because it was a, the golden era of PC gaming, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and just the quality of games that came through. So that's shaped my, my gaming interests since, um, old school Sega and sort of PC games from the late nineties is, is my forte. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. And so obviously you came back to consoles with the Dreamcast. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. So I, I had, um, I was on a, a PC uh, forum, uh, back in the late nineties and I, I worked, uh, my first job actually was just before um, the Dreamcast came out, so I, I picked up a Dreamcast with pretty much my second payslip. First payslip was for a PC, uh, second payslip was for a Dreamcast, um, and yeah, so I had a Dreamcast through the, the lifetime of the console, um, right the way up until probably 2003 was my main console. Um, before I jumped ship to, to the Xbox, but uh, yeah, it's, the Dreamcast. I mean, it was for me. It was I think Sonic was the big draw for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sonic was was game changing back in the nineties for me, and I think it was again the same for Sonic Adventure. I think the the quality of the of the trailer for the game um, really drew me into to wanting a Dreamcast. Yeah, definitely same, exactly the same. Yeah, mm. was it? By the way, was it the first you bought a PC? But was it the first console that you ever bought with your own money, the Dreamcast? Um, yes, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would have been the first console I bought. Yeah, the, or, or both Mega Drive and Mass System would have been um, either traded or, or gifts. Yeah, yeah. So same here. My first, the first ever console that I ever bought with my own money. So that's also another reason why it's special for me. The Dreamcast. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And so yeah, uh, Sonic Adventure definitely um, really drew me in as well. So in terms of you know until that point. Would you say Sonic was like the big Sega IP that um, drew you into Sega consoles, Sega systems? Um, yeah, Sonic would have been. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I think the the reason I got into to Sega games in the first place would have been just the the aesthetics. Okay. Overall, I think that blue sky aesthetic for Sega games is very um enticing when mm. you're you're young especially and i think it was just very different and i think that that was the same reason why i picked up on sonic adventure because of the fact that it was so different than what i was playing at the time i was playing very much sort of dystopian um sci-fi games or sort of uh futuristic games which were quite dark and quite dull in color and sonic adventure had that blast of color which we hadn't really seen that much in the, the five years previous mm-hmm. um you know, the early 3D world of the Saturn and PlayStation, I think, was very much sort of a bit of a dull, realistic world. So that color um, w- was great. And I think, yeah, the Sonic itself, I mean, in the 90s, it was just so... It was cool, wasn't it? Um, especially the early 90s in my school. Um, it was just something very different, very colorful, very bright. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Okay. So how and why uh, did you become such a big Dreamcast fan? Because if you're part of the Dreamcast Junkyard team, as I know you are, it's because you're, you're a big fan of the, the console of the system. What is it about the, the Dreamcast that makes you such a fan of it? 
Um, so for me, I think it's just a series of events which have uh, sort of pointed to me to the Dreamcast is my destiny. Um, I'll explain because that sounds a bit weird. Um, so when I had the console, it was very much sort of the, the console I had uh, in the background as it were. I wasn't a massive fan. It was just a game gaming system. Um, I then moved away uh, with an ex-girlfriend at the time. Um, and I had a period of time, the only period of time in my life where I had no job. Uh, and the Dreamcast was the only thing I brought with me. Um, mm-hmm. And it became quite a, a, a big thing for me at the time. Um, and we had an experience of playing through Shenmue. Um, and I think that that one week period where we basically played it uh, almost as an escape from the boringness of life um, just made me love the console more or maybe realise why I loved it. Um, and then after that, I, I got rid of that Dreamcast um, for various reasons. And then with my, my now wife, um, a couple of years after that, we were walking past um, Game Station, uh, a former retail shop in the UK, and we saw Dreamcast in the window um, with Shenmue 1 and Shenmue 2. I'd always wanted to play Shenmue 2. I'd never, never played it at a time. And it was like, I think it was £30, a ridiculous price. Um, and I bought it. And at that point, I was really trying to collect retro consoles and retro games. I was really into the sort of retro vibe. Um, and at one point, I had 120 consoles um, and about 3,000 games. Okay. And I just realised, and it was all cheap. I mean, at the time, I was, I was going yeah, to shops yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in Bristol to 20p for a game. It was ridiculous. But I basically, I had that, and it wasn't really satisfying me. So I wanted to focus on something. Um, and I tried to focus on getting a, a PAL set for the Dreamcast, because um, it was a console I always liked, and it was a game, you know, lots of games on there, which were really favourites of mine. Um, and that just basically spiralled into me realising that the console was the only real console I needed, um, and really had... A real passion for um and so i started collecting a, a worldwide set which is what then started me on my collecting um odyssey as it were since okay where are you right now with that um i've got uh i have two japanese games to get and that's it um okay. Amazing. which is uh there's a series of, of web only games in japan which released um I'm trying to pronounce the the name now like butchering it is it Grand No Capital? <laughs> Grand No Capital, I think it's called. Um, and I've got volume six of it, and I've got volume one and two and three. I just haven't got volume four and five, and they're, they're quite expensive. So um, that's the only ones I haven't got, and I've got about about 150 games versions I need across different regions. Um, so I'm at about 1,300 games in total at the moment. Okay, okay. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, um, it's a hard question. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Dreamcast game? Or, if you prefer, top five, top three, whatever. Yeah, so my, my top three's pretty much stayed the same for a few years now. Um, so I did the I did the top 200 games for the Dreamcast Junkyard a couple of years ago. Um, and I spent a lot of time looking at what my actual favorite games were. And the top three have pretty much stayed the same. Um, so Zero Gunner 2, um, superb uh, psycho uh, shoot 'em up fantastic game. Just a real... A beginner's favourite, I suppose. A game which you haven't got to be a, a, a shooter master to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, Le Mans. Uh, Le Mans 24 Hour. Um, I love racing games. And I love the Codemasters racing games that have been in the last couple of generations. And for me, Le Mans is the closest feel to that on the Dreamcast. Um, absolutely adore that game. Um, and of course, Shenmue. 
Um, Shenmue is, uh, I think it's more than the game. I think it's the only game I've ever really cut up encountered where the passion it instills in people is just amazing. Um, uh, yeah, life-changing game for me. Just superb. Before I played Shenmue, I had no interest in, in Japanese culture. I had no interest in Japanese games, really. Um, the entire experience of playing Shenmue and then the, the time of playing Shenmue 2 since as well. As um, Yeah, for me, it's, it's a gaming masterpiece. Probably, for me, one of my favourite games on any console. Um, yeah, just superb. There's there's loads of other ones that are close. Um, I love V-Rally. It's a okay. really good game. Underrated, I think, by some people. Um, obviously, Sonic Adventure. Uh, but you've got things like... Uh, I really enjoy Cannon Spike. I've been playing Cannon Spike recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, very short game, but really good fun. Um, and, and there's loads of others. I mean, that's the thing with Dreamcast. There's so many games yeah. uh, to play, which is... And is the quality compared to... The, the top quality compared to low quality is quite a good ratio for Dreamcast. So... There's probably a good 150 games I would happily say um, I really enjoy. So, yeah. Yeah, excellent. excellent. Some great picks there. And I see you you lean a little bit towards the racing side of things as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's nice. It's not often that I have a guest that's uh, is, is not re- really my like preferred genre either. Yeah. But I've come to appreciate, especially like more old school racers uh, in recent years. Um, and like, because now, you know, you, you fight, you try modern games and it's like all about the graphics and, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the glitter, <laughs> etc. But the, the old school games are usually more about the gameplay, the, the feel. Uh, you have the more arcadey ones, the more like semi kind of ones. Um, So I've come to appreciate them more recently than I had before. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed racing games. I mean, I am a massive, massive fan of Micro Machines 2 um, and 96 and military on the Mega Drive. I think Mm -hmm. they're probably the highest gameplay of any game I've ever played. And I, I I love the game. I still play it now. Um, and after that, I sort of got into 3D racing a little bit, and it was for me. It's just um, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a petrolhead. I'm not. A, I'm not a big sort of uh, car fan. I don't drive actually. Uh, weirdly enough, okay. But <laughs> for me, it's 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 the purest form of sporting game. I, I view it more as a sports game than an actual racer because okay. it's that competitive nature of it. So that's why I like Le Mans for it's that real sort of sport level where you start, you know, back of a grid and you sort of build yourself up to this, uh, being able to, to conquer um, your competitors. Mm-hmm. I'm a massive fan of, of rallying games as well. Myself and um, and Tom Charnock, uh, the founder of Junkers Junkyard, we had a, a rally podcast for a while. Um, I absolutely love rally games. Again, because it's you against something. To me, it's, it's almost like the, the arcade form from 30 years ago, this, you know, it's just you against the computer or the stage or the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love racing games. We, we had a, a pretty good amount on Dreamcast as well, which is nice. Um, but yeah, racing games from mid nineties onwards, I would say have been my main genre and still is now actually. Okay. Yeah. I think looking back, um, 
I, I mean, in, uh, on the Mega Drive, I played I Super Hang On, which came with the console. Yep. It's like part yep. of the Mega Games One pack. Um, yeah, so I have as well. Yeah, yeah. Played probably Outrun at some point, I think. Yeah. But then I don't think I had anything else in terms of driving games or racing games. Uh, played Daytona USA on the the arcade, and yep. then what really like was a different kind of experience for me because I, I had never played any kind of game like that was mm. Metropolis Street Racer on the Dreamcast, sure. which was yep. totally different from the the, um, the more arcade like experience, perhaps. Uh, was a little bit harder as well. You had like the, the kudos system. Uh, yep. You could get points, lose points, you know. Um, so it was a little bit trickier than just a pure like pick up and play arcade experience. So that was probably the turning point in terms of me appreciating other types of racing games. But I'm usually, yeah. I'm more leading towards the, the, the arcade type of, of racing games, uh, even to, even to this day. So, but yeah, so I, so I, I just have a little problem with you saying, and I quote, uh, it, on Dreamcast Year 2, Le Mans is quite possibly the best Dreamcast racing game ever released, and you can tell yep. MSR has said that. I have a problem with this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I love MSR. I, mean, I, I played MSR when it came out, and it's a it's a great game. But for me, with MSR, Project Gotham Racing did what it did mm -hmm. so much better. Okay. Um, but when I got to PGR four, I think it was so much better the core concept. Mm -hmm. Whereas Le Mans, it's it's so simple. In terms of the fact, you know, you're racing this endurance race. I know there's some other tracks as well, but the core of it is so simple and everything is almost stripped down. So it's just a pure racing experience. Um, whereas MSR, I think, did a lot of stuff which was a little bit, didn't quite work. I mean, the, the Kudo system is, is great, but it isn't as refined as it was in the later series of the games. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So for me, I think playing, P playing Project Gotham Racing, I, and I played PGR2 as my first game on the Xbox, actually. Um, Playing that, I think, has maybe dampened my experience of MSR. Mm -hmm. um, it's still a great game. I mean, yeah, what it did for racing was revolutionary. I mean, you know, Gran Turismo is, is always held up as this revolutionary game, and it was. But MSR just changed the landscape completely, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and what it, what it did and the environments it, it you know, presented was just... You go back now, 23 years, extraordinary. The leap... When you, you, 23 years ago, we had a game which looked... Today, it looks pretty good. I mean, it's not brilliant, but it looks pretty good But today. It, it, it still looks pretty good, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Five years before that, we had virtual racing. I mean, the the change of, <laughs> of how much of a change it was. And Sega was at the forefront of that. And that was what I think was so exciting and exhilarating at the time, was how much Sega changed things. Mm. Um Again, as a PC game at the time, I sort of missed a little bit of that on the consoles. But when I had the PC, I was very much, you know, PC is much better than consoles. And if you compare PC games in the late 90s to Saturn games, it is leaps and bounds ahead on, on a PC. But then when the Dreamcast came around and we had these videos of Sonic Adventure and Soul Calibur and uh, Shenmue and Daytona, um, what they here, sorry, uh, Crazy Taxi. Oh, yeah. The, the games were they just looked amazing and they looked like arcade games in the home. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for, for me, I love MSR. I'm never going to, I'm never going to say MSR is a bad game, but <laughs> I think, I think Le Mans is still the best racing game on Dreamcast. 
It's Sorry. okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. The interview is over. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, so so yeah. So fast forward to uh, let's say just a few years. We're still young, young teenagers mm -hmm. today in 2023, uh, and yep. you're now working on a very special project, which is, I believe, finished. Right. Um, uh, yes, pretty, pretty much. much so, yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Okay, so would you care to tell us what this uh, guide is and how the idea for it came about? Yeah, so the the entire idea about it came about for me basically wanting to keep track of my collection. So back in 2011, 2012, I was setting on my path of, of collecting. Um, lots of websites out there with lists, but there was a lot of contradictory information. Um, there wasn't necessarily a list of all the different European versions, which I, I wanted to sort of get into as well. So I just created basically a real basic list. Mm -hmm. um, as I was doing it, I was also reviewing games at the time, sort of just something to do. Um, so I was reviewing games and uh, just short reviews. And I sort of compiled them together. And then the list was was getting more and more, and it was getting more advanced as I learned more stuff. Um, and in 2015, I contacted uh, Tom Charnock, Dreamcast Junkyard, um, and said, "Look, Tom, I've got this this list going. I've been I've been viewing the, the Dreamcast Junkyard for a long time before that. Um, do you want to have a look at the list and, and sort of see what you think about it?" Tom really liked it, um, and so we actually produced a, a printed collector's guide, which is basically was a, a, a very extravagant list of all the games. Yeah. Um, which we sold, um, and the long saga of us uh, basically having a cease and desist from Sega. Yeah, I remember um, that. <laughs> yeah, for, for various reasons. But we had a really good and really receptive um, outcome to it. So I, I I didn't think it was much. I thought it was a list. I thought that's what it was. So I didn't. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I was quite surprised by the outcome we had. And I basically said to a couple of the guys in Joker at the time, I'm going to set out now to review every game and put it into a proper guide so that every listing for every game is there, but also a short review, um, some basic stats and stuff. And I did that. I did that over the next three years. Uh, in 2018, I released it as a PDF. Um, it was okay. It was about 500 pages long. Um a fair bit of stuff in there, but the response to that, and the response was very positive, but the response after that was uh, about doing a printed copy. I wanted to make sure that I had everything everything correct in the guide. There was lots of facts I know was wrong. I'm, I'm not a, an expert. I'm not a, um, I'm not someone who's going to be the uh, oracle of everything Dreamcast. So I talked to several people, spent a lot of time improving it. A couple of years ago, I released an updated PDF, uh, which had a few more box shots, so every single game had a box shot cover on it as well. And basically in the last year and a half, I've been wanting to do that as a printed guide and sell a limited copy, a limited uh, number of, of guides. And I sort of stalled a little bit after COVID, um, changed my job, uh, work nights now, so I, a bit more of a... Uh, Bit more stressful the job, so yeah, of course. I had a bit of a, a bit of a back burner, and then since then, I basically so Lewis Cox, who's uh, now runs Dreamcast Junkyard, um, and a few other people as well, um, have come on board to help me edit it and get it correct and get it all um, basically all fixed and ready for for printing. So um, the A to Z of Dreamcast games will hopefully be out within the next next month or so, um, okay. and it basically covers every single game. So the the, the point of it isn't uh, a like nice glossy 
picture book. It's not a picture book. Okay. Um, it's also not a uh, really in-depth retrospective of each Dreamcast game. Um, it's a short review of each game with a full listing of every version of that game that was released. Mm-hmm. So it's mainly for collectors. Um, and I know that not everyone sees himself as a collector, but for me, uh, I wanted to make something so that people who wanted to go on that Dreamcast journey um, would have a real, hopefully, informative guide um, for them to, to look at. So it's got all that in there. It also got a little bit of uh, a sort of collector's help on the end of it as well. So sort of okay. sharing my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's what the guide is. Excellent. So the Dreamcast Junkyard presents the A to Z of Dreamcast yeah. games, a collector's yeah. guide. Okay. Yes. And it's yeah. 100% unofficial, it says there. It's 100% on the, unofficial. On the top corner. So please don't come at us, right? Sega. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean Sega, Sega, um, I, can, I could talk a lot about the whole issue first time, but I think... Yeah, we want to make it make it sure it's it's not going to get anything from Sega uh, affecting it. I mean, I don't want the book to be for profit. It's not going to be sort of sold at a profit for me. Um, mm-hmm. I will basically sell it to people at the cost of printing, and that's okay. it. Um, I have no interest whatsoever in making money for it. It is genuinely something I just wanted to do as a hobby um, to start with. Um, but the response I've had and, and the sort of reception I get on, on Twitter or whatever name that he's calling it at the current time... Um, is really good, so I wanted to make sure that I had um, the ability to give people a, a printed guide. It's, it's a hefty guide, 526 pages, so um, it's not necessarily a How many, guide, sorry? 526. Okay, I, th- I thought it was actually bigger, because uh, you have like the, the picture on your uh, Twitter, X, whatever profile, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's very thick, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it a was, thick book. Yeah, it's a thick yeah. book. It's quite a, it's it's only um a three size. It's a three size paper. Okay. Um but yeah, it's it's a it's a it's quite hefty, but it's uh-huh. it looks a little bit nicer now than it was before. So those people who bought that first guide from Dreamcast Junkyard uh-huh. eight years ago, yeah. it's not quite as basic as that. Um it's still not gonna be quite as advanced or as um professional as something like uh, Chris Scullion's book, which is coming out quite soon, uh, Dreamcast Encyclopedia, mm. um, or Andrew Dickinson's Dreamcast Years books, uh, which I also write in, by the way, just a yep. bit of a plug there. Um, but it's not quite as good as those two, professional-wise, but it never has meant to be. Um, I come from a, a punk background, and my aesthetic is very much sort of DIY, do-it-yourself stuff, um, quite, uh, I suppose, basic stuff. And that's the, the sort of ethos behind me doing it. It's not going to be something which is super professional. And it's it's supposed to be used, right? So it's not really exactly. It's it's it looks nice if you want to put it on the shelf, of course. But it's something that's meant to be practical, useful that people can actually use to to uh, take with them on that Dreamcast journey that you were talking about before. Right. 100%, yeah. So the the first guide we printed, I mean, I've had loads and loads of response from people who have basically used that guide mm-hmm. um, and have ticked off games. Um, I mean, uh, Josh Fairhurst from Limited Run Games um, has mentioned the fact that he's used the guide to collect Dreamcast games. So that's that's for me, that's, that's the only thing I wanted. If one person has used the guide and helped them, um, for me, that's all the time I've spent worth it. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, it's a book to, to be written in, it's a book to have tick boxes ticked off on when you find games. Um, it's not 
for me, it's not a book where you put on a shelf and then leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very much something to help people um, collect. So I think there's a there's a bit of a hang up with some people. I think with collectors, um, that sort of named collectors, this idea that people collect games and put them on a shelf um, and don't play yeah, them. Sometimes, S- some, yeah. some do that, but not they all. do hundred percent. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent they do, and I think that's that's. For me, you can be a collector and a gamer as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've got the massive amount of games, but everything I have in my collection is unsealed. Everything in my collection is played um, or looked at. I've got vinyl, I've got CDs, soundtracks. Um, everything is played or, or looked at. It's it's it has to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. There is an enjoyment from having things on shelves, and I get that. But it's I wanted people to have that ability to be a collector, be someone who really collects the games and really gets into what the games are. Um, but also plays them. It's it's very easy, especially in the in the days of um, uh, virtual devices and, and things like GDE Mu and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to have a list of games and not really experience those games. Yeah. yeah if you go sure. on a hunt for games and collect them, you actually find things you wouldn't have found before. Um, and for me, that's that's part of the fun. So yeah, hopefully the, the, the guide will be helpful for people. Makes sense. Makes sense. So people can expect all Dreamcast games, right? Yeah. All, all of them mentioned, reviewed. Yes. Right. And uh, box art shorts of for for all of them as well, or for some. Yep. So every single version of every single game has okay. the box shot on it. Yeah. So um, that's every single game, including Japanese uh, versions, um, American versions. Um, uh, if there's any variants, limited editions, um, yeah, I think in total there's, I don't actually know a number, I should have known a number really, but I think it's around 1,200 versions. Um, and it also includes all retail released indie games. So okay, so that, every, that was my next question, yeah. Yeah, so every indie game, right from um, the days of, of Goat Store releasing you know, Cool Herders and, and uh, the games in the early days, Right the way up to the last one, which is included, which is Driving Strikers. Okay. Um, okay. They're all included. Uh, all the versions included, um, and and reviewed as well. The reviews are actually longer for the indie games because I mean you can go online and find a thousand reviews for Crazy Taxi. You can't <laughs> find a thousand reviews for uh, I don't know. Uh, Intrepid Easy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it's. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a bit more work on on the indie games, um, but I'm also a massive fan of the indie scene. Anyway, I think the yeah. indie scene on Dreamcast is superb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much maligned by some people that it's not you know full of 3D games, but I think the games that we have are just real good fun. Um, Xeno Crisis for me, which is still the best indie game, um, is. I, I genuinely think it's one of the most uh, enjoyable games I've played mm-hmm. on any console ever. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, and it's it's been made available on, on everything under the sun, right? Like on every system right now, I think. Yeah, I think right. Super Nintendo so hasn't can... it been next for as oh, well. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, <laughs> so you can actually play it on anything if you yeah, own, well, I mean, if you own something. There's zero crisis for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, me and me and Tom uh, Junker, I think we we take a we take a little bit of uh, pride in the fact that. Uh, we're both thanked in the credits for the game because uh, Tom provided uh, twin sticks for the Dreamcast version, okay. um, and I provided I provided the um, the fighting controller. Um, so they tested it on them. So both of us got uh, got a shout out, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just a and we're in the game as well. So you you can actually save me 
in the game, which many people have uh, posted screenshots to me on uh, on Twitter saying that oh, they've really? saved me in the game. I didn't know yeah, that. I've never found myself yet, and I've played a lot of it, so <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's happening there. But um, yeah, great great game. But other great people game. have, so you know it's yes, true. exactly. You know it's some true. people have saved me. I'm sure some people have shot me as well, probably. But you know, that's <laughs> that's not the bar. Yeah, so you, what you're saying is that you're an acquired taste. Right. I am a quiet taste. Okay, that's okay, that's yeah. so you can describe yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, about um, both the guide and uh, the indie scene, because you know uh, it's something that I, I also like to ask people when they come on the, mm -hmm. on the show to talk about Dreamcast. But I think it's time, Mike. You've like you've sort of already feeling relaxed right now. You're, you you've mm -hmm. opened up a little bit, so it's time to present you with something we like to do on the show called the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, that was a nice reaction. Okay. So, what is the Dreamcast challenge? The, the Dreamcast, the, the Sega Lounge Challenge. It's something different every week, usually. And so you're working on uh, an A to Z or A to Z guide of Dreamcast yep. games. So I thought I'd present you with a somewhat similar uh, challenge, but in okay. audio form. Okay. okay. So how familiar are you with the soundtracks to Dreamcast games? Um, I've got about 2,000 songs on my, uh, my Windows Media Player. I've downloaded, so I'm pretty pretty familiar. Okay. And so how well do you think you know them? Do you know them to the point of recognizing them uh, from just a short 10-second long clip? I can give it a go. If I, if I <laughs> fail, I'm going to be the, the um, scorn of the junkyard. But yeah, I can give it a go. <laughs> no, you won't. No, you won't. You know, Andrew Dickinson's <laughs> been on the show twice. Uh, other people have been on the show. I don't know. It's, it's always a tricky one. So I have 10, 10 second long clips of yep. Dreamcast games. Um, to make it a little bit easier, they are all either Sega developed or published. So okay. no third party games here. Yep. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to play the, the clips. If you want to, I can give you the letter. If you're like feeling really, really, you know, just don't know what it, it is at all. I can give you the letter, the first letter of the game. Sure. Okay. As a hint. Yeah. So do you want to do this in order or pick a number? Just go from there. They're numbered I, one I to ten. In order. Yeah, let's in do order. it in order. Okay. Yeah. So, Mike, ready for number one? I'm ready. No, you're not. <laughs> let's go with number one. Okay. And that's 10 seconds. 
Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it sounds a little bit like the opening music of 18 Wheeler, but uh, um, it's got a little bit of a rock vibe to it. Uh, I, I, I probably know it, but I'm, I'm going to go for F355 challenge. I don't know. Okay. So final answer is yeah. Let's go for F three five five F three five five challenge. Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> no, I'm not sure in the slightest. But <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for it. So should I lock it in, Mike? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> okay, it's locked in. Okay. Before I tell you uh, if it's right or wrong, why yeah. did you think? About 18 Wheeler. Because it sounded like the, the music on the menu screen. But then when I listened to it a bit more, it sounded like maybe one of the tracks from uh, F355. If it's going to be 18 Wheeler, I'm going to look a fool, which is fine. <laughs> it is fine, yes. Because it is 18 Wheeler, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first stage, stage one, wake you up. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. Go. I, I thought, oh, this man is amazing. He, like, gave me 18-wheeler yeah. seconds after we, we heard the song, but no. Okay. It's okay. I'll, so go, I'll go with my gut next time, I think. Always go with your gut. That's yeah. the secret yeah. to, to this. Okay, so one down, but we have nine to go. Can we get... Okay. I, I think we five is a good number. So if we can okay. get more than that, I think we're... Yeah. yeah. So, ready for number two? Yes. Okay. Song number two. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know what it is straight off, but my first gut answer was going to be um, from uh, Station Square and Sonic Adventure. So I don't think it is. But it sounds like the Christmas DLC music from Sonic Adventure. Uh, is it or is it Blue Stinger? Um, oh, is it Blue Stinger? You know what? I'm going to go for Blue Stinger. Why? <laughs> if it's Sonic Adventure again, I no, 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 no. I'm just saying why. I'm just asking why. It's, it sounds like when you're in the the sort of shops and there's Christmas music in the background. It's kind of a bit Christmassy to me. There's a bit of a jingle in the background. So um, yeah, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Blue Stinger. Final answer, right? It's my final answer, yep. Final answer. Mike. Yeah. Oh, Mike. It is! <laughs> yes, it's Yay. Blue Stinger. Yes, it's the ending to Blue Stinger. It's part of, oh, cool. the, part of the ending song. Okay, good job. Nice save there. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one point. Nice. Let's yep. go with number three. Ready? Wow. Um, that does not ring a bell. Uh, do, do, do. It's definitely a Japanese Sega game, I think. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Doesn't ring a bell. Um, I 
I am going to go for... Ooh, what could that be? What, where would this fit? I don't know. It sounds like a sort of... It sounds like a menu music of a sports game, but I, I, I couldn't... Something a little bit quirky, perhaps, no? A little bit quirky. Maybe. It's a bit quirky. Know. There's a lot of games on Dreamcast that are quirky. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not Space Channel Five. It's too. Um, it's too. Downbeat. I think not downbeat at all. But it's, it, I don't think it's Space Channel Five. It's not Samba. Oh, is it Samba? No, it can't be Samba. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to completely guess something. I'm going to. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Oh, I like a Sega games now. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Uh, let's go for. It's definitely not House of the Dead. I don't know what I thought that for. Uh, let's go for. Um, let's go for Sonic Adventure. It's definitely not Sonic Adventure, but. Or is it? Yeah, well, you never know. You never know. Well, I do. <laughs> you do know, that's true, yeah. <laughs> And it's not. It's Choo Choo Rocket. Ah, oh, of course. It's definitely quirky, right? It's a challenge mode theme for yeah. Choo Choo Rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What? Well, it's not the first song that comes to mind. Choo Choo Rocket is it? Is that no iconic yeah. menu? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was would be too easy. So. Uh, yes. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. I think the next one actually is. Easy, I think. Okay. Quite easy. Let's see. Number four. Territory is a territory. Territory is a territory. Territory is a territory. Territory is a territory. Okay. I mean, the song doesn't uh, ring a bell. However, it sounds like. Uh, I mean, it, it, I'd be amazed if it's not. But it sounds like Jesso Radio. Um, it sounds like one of those kind of songs. Um, yeah, let's go just a radio. It was like very quick, very fast. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an iconic soundtrack, isn't it? It's not my sort of music, so it's not the kind of thing I'd listen to that much, but it's an iconic um, sound. So, I, I, again, it's not one of the, the, the famous songs from the soundtrack, but to me, I can't think of anything else which would sort of fit it. It's got that sort of extreme sports vibe to it. So... Uh, Sega published on Dreamcast wouldn't be anything else apart from Sega Extreme Sports, but no, I think I think Jesso Radio. Okay, that's what your gut feeling is saying, right? That's my gut feeling. So, and your answer is well. Before I tell you, the title of the song is "Funky Radio." There we go. That's definitely Jesso Radio. Is it? Oh, <laughs> it is, it is, yes. <laughs> good job. So two points. Good, good. Okay, okay. Let's see, number five. Oh, this is a very interesting one. Uh, okay. you, you, you'll either get it immediately or, or not get it at all, I think. Let's, okay. let's take a listen. So then we went to celebrate, got back home at half past eight. Then we went to bed to procreate. As you do, as you do. Wow. Um, 
So the only game I can think of which would have a diverse enough soundtrack to have a country song on it <laughs> would... I don't think it has a country radio station. Um, oh, oh, no, that's not Sega published. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I think I, you're. I think you were going in the right direction. Oh, yeah, I, you have the answer, yeah. Um, I, I think MSR would possibly have a possibly have a radio station which is like that. San Francisco radio station would probably have a country song. Yeah, let's go for MSR. So you th you think MSR? So, which is a yes. Sega published title, right? Yes, developed yes. but published. Um, yeah. would have a song about procreating. Um, in bed. I mean, I mean, not necessarily. Um, oh, oh, you say it now. Um, I, I, I'm just asking a, a simple and innocent question. I mean, my immediate it's up thought to you is to give sounded, me the answer. So I, yeah, it's, it sounded like a GTA song, um, <laughs> but I, I obviously GTA is not Sega published on the Dreamcast. Headhunter is. I don't think it was. There was a bit of satire in Headhunter. Uh, oh, could it be Headhunter? No, I'm going to stick with MSR because it's going to be wrong probably. But I'm going to stick with MSR. So MSR Metropolis Street Racer. Yeah, would have a song called Long Long Road. Yeah. About going to bed and procreating. Well, let's not yeah. really about that, but okay. But it features <laughs> that part. Yes, it would. It would. Yay. Yes. It <laughs> I mean, the entire time, I know MSR's got an amazing soundtrack, but the entire time <laughs> I've played that game, I've listened to one song on repeat. So the only song I've ever listened to is Fallen Angel. It's okay. the only song I've ever listened to. Because um, I have my, other CDs in the background. You, you she's my Fallen Angel. She's my uh, brand new car. You think he's, yeah. he's talking about a girl, but it's... it's okay. Yeah, I mean, that song's a little bit a little bit out there as well, actually. That soundtrack <laughs> is a little bit... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I remember listening to that and oh yeah, it's about a girl. Yeah, he's the love of his life and she's my brand new car. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So uh three points. We only need two more, and we have five songs that we're halfway there. So yeah. let's go for number six. Shall we? Yeah. Okay, um, that's a little bit generic. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to guess Fancy Star Online. Why? Has that sort of slightly uh, fantasy sci-fi sound that I imagine Sega would put onto a game like Fancy Star Online. Um, I don't remember the soundtrack from Fancy Star Online at all. So I, uh, I would, yeah. Let's let's go find Star Online. Let's yes yes let's. Good <laughs> That's stuff. it. Good job. Good job. It is Fancy Star Online. Yes, that like the the feel of a Fancy Star yeah. Online song. Yeah, even yeah, if it's it a little bit, you can't really recognize it. Maybe, it, but it, but it is. It's it's called a it, song for eternal story. Yeah, yeah. it it sounds like an MMORPG. It sounds like that sort yeah. of. Quite, I know, welcoming sound. Weird, weird sound. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good job. Four points. Can we get one more? Can we get uh, eight points? Wait. Oh, let's try. 
four. Yeah, we we can get eight. Eight, yeah. eight, eight is possible. Yeah. Yes, eight is possible. So number seven, ready? Hmm. Um, my immediate thought was was Res, but then I don't think Res is. I can't think of anything. I played Res a lot. Um, I don't think it's Res. I think it's Headhunter. Yeah, it's still, it's still wanted me to th think Res. But I just can't. I can't place that within the game. Um, You know what? I'm only here once. Let's go for Rez. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do Rez. So I I, 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 I don't even need to bother uh, bother uh, inviting you again because you're only here once. So I get yeah, that. But, uh, <laughs> it depends what I score at the end of this. Um, no, Rez. I, I think Rez. Rez. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was my immediate thought. So Rez. So just go with your gut feeling. That's it. Area cool. four. Excellent. Area oh, four. Cool. Yes. I don't get there very often, so that's probably why. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Five points. So that means eight, po eight points is still possible. Let's go with number eight. Okay, yeah. Number eight. Shenmue. Just like that? Yeah. Final answer? Yeah. Okay. No words needed. One of the one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. For sure. For sure. And we always need some Shenmue every week on the show. So there's your Shenmue. Yeah. There's your Shenmue. Okay. Two songs left. Track nine. Um, Sonic Adventure 2? No, it's Sonic Adventure. Oh. Uh, it's Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure. Why? I mean, it's definitely Sonic. I mean, it's it's the... Is it? It's the... Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, gotta be. Uh, I'm getting confident now, you see. I'm getting cocky. Um, <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's definitely Sonic Adventure... It's, well, it's definitely Sonic. Um, it ain't Shuffle. There's no way that's on Shuffle. That'd be the most exciting thing about the entire game if it was. Um, Sonic Adventure 2... <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, it sounds like a remix version of from the, the song from Sonic Adventure 1. Um, I mean, that's definitely the sound of Sonic Adventure 1. But... I, I'm going to go for Sonic Adventure 2. I think, it's a, I think it's a reworked version. Sonic Adventure 2. My final answer. <laughs> what a roller coaster uh, of emotions. Okay. Yeah. So your final answer is Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. Ah, Mike. Oh. It is, it is, yes. yes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it is. Metal Harbor. Oh. That's the way I like it, is the name of the song for Metal Harbor. 
Cool. Sonic story or hero story. Good yeah. job. Okay. So this is our final song. Yeah. And this is the point in the game where I tell you, just as a hint if you want to, uh, that all songs, because you chose to go in order, all, all games have been in alphabetical order. Yeah. Okay. Not, not sure if you noticed it or not, but... It's true. Yeah. And that's true for the final song as well. So okay. Sonic Adventure 2 was the last one. So it has to be something from S-O-N forward. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Final song. And this is where it gets tricky. Or not. Uh. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely uh, a, a sort of horror-based game. Um, it's It sounds like it's one of my favourite games of all time. Um, I suppose it depends whether you put the alphabetically um, onto whether it's the House of the Dead 2 or the Type of the Dead. I think that's probably... It's, it's not Ill Bleed, um, which wasn't, I think, saying published anyway. Unless it's um, with the Y. <sighs> Which is yeah. no, no, it's not. <laughs> don't say that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think anything else which would be later on. Do, 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 do. No, my, my immediate thought was Typing of the Dead. Um, yeah, Typing of the Dead. Why, by the way? I mean, it, it's got that unmistakable. Um, oh, it could be Zombie Revenge. Oh, no. Oh no! Um, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a sort of a, a Sega horror themed game. Um, what well, it sounds like, uh, it's my immediate thought would be House of the Dead too, but I think alphabetically it probably would be an H for that. So I would probably so- put it, if I'm being honest, the would probably okay. be under T. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, Just say it. Probably. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 could it be Zombie Revenge? Could it be Zombie I mean, it's the same sort of music, Zombie could Revenge, be. As, could be. as the other two. Could um, be one of the other two as well. Yeah. Could be anything after S. I'm trying to think whether Type of the Dead's got the same soundtrack as House of the Dead, actually. Uh, I think it does. Um... No, my immediate thought was House of the Dead, so I'm going to go House of the Dead. House of the Dead. Two. Final uh, answer. Yes. Final answer is The House of the Dead 2. Yes. Which we would categorize under T. Yes. If it had been here, which it's not it's okay. zombie revenge zombie ah, revenge <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> so close yeah but you, even the ones that you didn't get you were very close but maybe from from Tutu rocket but even then you were you were close yeah. you were close so good job that was amazing very good mike very Thank good you. well done Thank you. So that means you get the official Sega Lounge seal of approval, which is a thing. Excellent. And I will send to you afterwards. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is stuff. a real thing. Okay. So um, thank you. Thank you for taking part in our challenge. Hope you no it, was, it was enjoyable. 
Yep. Somewhat. It was. Stressful, but enjoyable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. That's that's what we're going for. So <laughs> before we before I let you go, um so you mentioned the indie scene, uh yep. in terms of Dreamcast. So pretty much keeping the Dreamcast alive all these years later, uh, yep. which is something amazing. Is there anything uh, specific or any games specifically? You already mentioned Zero Crisis, but uh, maybe of the most recent one, the more recent ones, anyone that, that got you really excited or even one that hasn't come out yet that's really getting you excited about playing games? Uh, I mean, it's... Yeah, there's, there's, there's been quite a few, to be fair. But uh, for me, I think Driving Strikers is going to be a massive game. Um, that's going to be something which I think is going to be just another shot on the arm for, for Dreamcast indie games. Um, I've also loved uh, a game called Witching Hour, which is a, it's a Wolfenstein 3D mod, um, which had a very, very limited amount of uh, copies uh, produced with the creator's um, approval. Um and it's it's real basic, but it's got a real nice uh, dungeon synth vibe to it, which is the sort of music I'm into anyway. So, real good horror game. Um, other games, I mean, there's, there's so many at the current time. Tapeworm Disco Puzzle mm-hmm. um, by the same guy who did Flea. Superb game, uh, really fun, enjoyable puzzle title. Um, the Text Assist, uh, which is had the potential to be probably the best indie game on a Dreamcast. Um, they messed up the launch and released the game, which was bugged, so no one could actually complete it. But they've actually uh, fixed it now with new discs, and that is a superb game. Uh, it's a mix between uh, Type of the Dead and uh, Ikaruga. It's bizarre, um, but works amazingly well. I don't think I was um, aware of that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's. I think because the launch was so bungled, it was such an awful launch, um, and you couldn't complete past level two that I think everyone sort of forgot about it, but the actual game is just unbelievable. It's, it's literally like playing Type of the Dead, um, and you're, you you play a priest. It's like a sort of rip-off of the exorcist, almost. And you play this priest, and basically you've got to cast Latin spells, which basically you've got to dodge um, bullet hell. So it's just it's basically a Karuga or a cave game crossed with Type of the Dead. Um, it sounds absolutely insane, but it, it works beautifully well. Um, so for me, that's probably the the, the un the, uh, the champion game in terms of uh, the last couple of years but there's, there's so many games I mean we've got there's an upcoming game section in the in the guide um, I'm constantly updating it with, with new games obviously we've got things like uh, Paprium coming out next year mm-hmm. allegedly um, yeah allegedly being allegedly. very much the, the word there um, <laughs> but also we know we've got a couple of other uh, Nest Maker games we've had a bit of a spate of Nest Maker games in the last few years um, coming across, we've got another one coming across, uh, Game of Boys Zero X, I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, from Nape Games. Um, but we also had quite exciting news in the indie scene, if you can call it that, the last couple of weeks, which is um, Isotope uh, software have basically been put in videos of uh, Hypertension, which is a, a horror-based first-person shooter game from about 10 years ago, which I literally had edited out of the guide because I thought it was never going to come out, so I'd... Uh, said it was never going to come out and then literally the day after <laughs> they've posted uh, a video of the game running so that's a fun fun experience to have um but yeah there's there's so many games i think what's what's even more exciting is actually the games which we haven't we don't know yet yeah. um wave game studios have some games in in the works i know which are going to be absolutely incredible okay. um and there's there's other games which 
you know, Matt Bureau, who did Xenocrisis, their next game, hopefully. Uh, Retro Sunus did Xenocider. I mean, the games we could have are just really, really exciting. Yeah. And obviously with the whole... Um, I forget the name, but the development software now, uh, which has been uh, created by Luke Benstead, I think it was. Yeah. Um, there's going to be loads more indie games coming out, so mm-hmm. really exciting times. Yeah, uh, Harley Quest as well. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, yes. got Harley Quest. Yeah, Harley Quest. superb game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, great games, great time. Uh, which leads me to the next question, which is, mm-hmm. how are you going to deal with these next few launches? Are you planning on releasing an updated version of the guide at some point this is just like a one and done kind of deal and this is the yeah. like the definitive version whatever comes next someone else takes care of it how are you planning on dealing with it so basically the the plan will be to obviously release the printed guide um and the online guide so the pdf version which is free um and that will be updated constantly so okay. uh every game which gets released um, we'll get added to that, um, and that will be free uh, for everybody as well. And then at some point, if if there was enough interest, it all does depend how many people uh, want the guide in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I may very well do a second copy uh, printing or second version. Um, it's the thing with Dreamcast is never ending. I mean, we're at five two six pages now. I think within the next three years, we've probably got to five hundred and thirty four, five hundred and thirty six pages. So um, there's a massive amount of games out there. Um, it's not looking at slowing down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great idea. So how can people get a hold of this guide in physical form? So obviously there's the, the PDF version, uh, yeah. but, you know, we're here to talk, to talk about the, the brand new physical version. So how can people get that? So nothing's been finalized yet in terms of how we're going to sell it. Um, so the best way of... of Keep in mind on it is basically to follow me on uh, on Twitter or X or again, Elon, Elon Musk's pet project name. Yes, yes. Um, we'll see what it's yeah. called in, in yeah. a month or so. Yeah. So if I'm still on there, if they haven't decided <laughs> to leave everybody, still up. Um, it's uh, at Dreamcast Picks. So uh, Dreamcast and then P-I-C-S. Um, that's probably the best place. Or follow Dreamcast Junkyard um, because we will obviously talk about it on there as well. I do I do help run the Twitter account on uh, Dreamcast Junkyard as well. Um or it's mostly Lewis uh, doing that. Um so yeah, so either of those places, I mean I I don't know exactly how it's gonna be done yet. I need to obviously work the options. Um I will I'm not a big fan of taking money up front mm-hmm. of something which isn't made yet. So I want to make sure it's all done and, and dusted. Basically just people can just, just then pay for the printing costs and that'll be it. So if anyone has any, any sort of interest in doing that, uh, help me out with that, uh, feel free to contact me. Um, but yeah, we've, uh, there's a few options, but the best way is just to follow me on, on social media. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Any idea when it's going to be available roughly? Like an estimate? Um, yes. I mean, the, the guide will be edited fully and updated by the end of August. Um, so, I mean, it's it's literally going to be a case of me sending it to the printer and getting it back, which will take a weekend. So um, it will probably be done early September. Um, I would imagine early September, mid-September uh, would be the time. Okay, excellent. And you'll, we'll definitely share that on our social media and on, on the podcast as well when more news arises um, regarding the, the launch of the book and how people can get a, a hold of the of a physical copy, which I'm very excited about, to be honest. 
<laughs> Excellent. So, Mike, before you go, there's always yep. one last question, which is the same for all of my guests. Yeah. Back in the 90s, yep. uh, especially in the US, uh, Sega had uh, said that Genesis had blast processing. Yep. So my question is, if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? What would I add blast processing to? So uh, obviously something that makes it, blast processing makes everything more powerful and, and faster. And so what yeah, would benefit I mean, from that? Uh, my PC. <laughs> My PC. I mean, that's, that's the answer I'm going to give. I mean, the PC is, is, is running okay, but I mean, anything more than that, I can actually play some games on it for the first time in 15 years. So. <laughs> I can relate to that. I can relate to that, yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, let's, let's get some blast processing added to your PC. Excellent. To make it faster. Okay, Mike, anything else you would like to add uh, about the book, about anything you're working on uh, to people listening in? Um, not, not really, other than just, you know, follow Dreamcast Junkyard. Um, I mean, we're, we're in a new era of Junkyard at the current time, so uh, Tom has um, taken a, a break from the Junkyard and uh, passed the reins over to Lewis Cox, um, who is doing a fantastic job at the current time. Um, and there's so many projects uh, from the many members of Junkyard. Uh, we've got so many ideas on the table. Um, we are very much like me with the book. We're not the most professional people in the world. We are pretty much, uh, when we can be bothered to do a podcast, we will. Um, but we do listen to all the feedback we get, and we are quite, um, I think we're quite proud that the people do um, listen to the podcast. I mean, I think we are probably um, the number one podcast for, for a Sega console um, in the UK, so which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, just keep on listening. Um, keep on watching the Dreamcast Junkyard because we've got some exciting stuff in future. Definitely. Excellent. Thanks for, for sharing that as well. And people will be able to get all the links uh, also uh, in the show notes. So all the links to, to your socials as well and and the, the, the Junkyard. So check it out if you want to follow Mike and learn more about the Junkyard and the book. Mike, thank you very much for your time. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. I know this, is, this was just a one-time thing because you said you weren't coming back so <laughs> i support <laughs> quite highly though so i mean to be fair i mean i'm, I'm quite pleased with that so no th it's the other way around so if you scored high you'll never coming back so oh, fair enough. Okay. Say, okay. fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no thank you thank you very much for for coming on the show and all the best for for the book and the junkyard and i'm sure we'll we'll see each other and talk to each other soon again indeed <laughs> bye thank you very much bye-bye again to Mike Fallon for coming on the lounge. It's been fun talking about the Dreamcast and learning more about his upcoming guide. For news on the availability of the A to Z of Dreamcast games, keep your eyes on our socials and be sure to follow the official Twitter account. You'll find the link on the show notes. That's it for this week's episode of the Sega Lounge. 
Remember to follow our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Lounge, since it's a great way to not only check out some of my random game streams, but also to watch our live shows in video form. The plan is to do at least one every month. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and enjoy some Sega games. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. A Mixed On Productions podcast.